It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Now, Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630KHOW, Denver's talk station. So I want to talk about the homeless problem in Denver <clears throat> and how to solve it. But before I do, because this kind of ties into it, there's a, a thing that I saw on Twitter that I got to talk about for a second. And it has to do with uh, leftists whining about low skill jobs paying low wages. They're upset about this and they're very worried about this. And so um, we're going to talk about that. But before I get into any of that, I got to tell you that electric vehicles are evil. Hold on, though. 630K, how Denver's talk station. I am Leland Conway. Text the show directly, 57739, Um <clears throat> I just got a funny question in here. Uh, 9624 writes, Leland, is it International Women's Day for all women or just liberal women? <laughs> I think it's for all women. I just tweeted on uh, on Twitter, which is obviously where you would tweet. But today is International Women's Day, and I was like, the woman in my life, my wife, is my rock. Uh, I literally couldn't live without her. Thank God for strong, powerful, world-changing women. So for all you ladies out there in the audience, happy International Women's Day. Yes, it's for all women, all of you. So there you go. Not just liberal women, all of you. All right, uh, before we do, i got to talk about the, uh, the e oh, and you can text the show directly, 57739, text 57739. Okay, so uh, Kamala, Kamala Harris was here, Vice President Kamala Harris came all the way out to Denver on a plane that spewed carbon to tell us that she's going to go all the way to South Africa later this year to talk about climate change. There was a report last week about how... Oh, hold on, it's the wrong bite, hold on, here she is, sorry, wrong one, I'm going to get to that bite in a minute. I'm going to Africa at the end of the month, and this is going to be one of my areas of focus is climate resilience and adaptation. All right, so she came all the way out to Denver on a plane spewing carpet to tell us that she's going to go to Africa and she's going to talk about climate change. So that's really cool. Um, electric vehicles are evil. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Pause for dramatic effect. Because you might be driving one. You might be a Tesla owner. There's a lot of conservative Tesla owners. Did you know that your car is evil? It is. I mean, as compared to an ICE engine, an internal combustion engine. Here's an example. Um, there was a report that just came out. I have it here. Hold on. I'll pull it up from Bloomberg. And it zeroed in on the F-150, or excuse me, the Ford uh, F-1, yeah, the Ford F-150, but also the Ford F-150 Lightning. 
And the report says the the new all-electric model of America's best-selling pickup truck, the Ford F-150, relies on aluminum to keep it light and give it speed. With no delay from a piston-firing combustion engine, it can bolt like a higher-performance sports car from 0 to 60 in 4 seconds. It emits no exhaust, no sound, um, and is super, super fast. Yet its impact can be heard a world away. In the Amazon rainforest in Brazil, that's where the F-150's troubled trail of aluminum begins. The Bloomberg report goes on to say aluminum used to frame the truck's passenger compartment can be traced back to the Ford Motor Company's historic Rouge Assembly Complex in Dearborn, Michigan, to a parts manufacturer in Pennsylvania, to a smelter in Canada, and ultimately to Brazil. By the way, before we get to the Brazil thing and why this matters, think about all those different places things had to go through. Like, it went from Brazil uh to canada to pennsylvania then to michigan then to you so so it's it's gone it's so, so carbon footprint is like up there right because it wasn't transported in electric cars there in the heart of the amazon continues the bloomberg report rust colored bauxite is being clawed from a mine that has long faced allegations of pollution and land appropriation and near where the amazon river empties into the atlantic a refinery that processes the ore stands accused of sickening thousands of people a class action lawsuit on behalf of 11,000 residents of neighborhoods surrounding that refinery, Hydro Ala Norte, names owner Norsk Hydro ASA of Norway as responsible for polluting the rivers and streams. Bloomberg continues, the suit cites toxic mud containing elevated levels of aluminum and other heavy metals, which are byproducts of refining bauxite into alumina, the white powder that becomes aluminum, Alunorte's actions, it believes, have caused health problems such as cancer, hair loss, neurological dysfunction, birth defects, and increased mortality. In addition to that, it is potentially leading to the deforestation of the Amazon. Now, this is just one area where this is a problem, right? Because uh, all lithium batteries in all electric cars, not just the Ford Lightning, all lithium batteries have... Um, cobalt in them and cobalt is mined by little children in Africa under horrible conditions that are equitable to slavery and it's being enforced by militias that stand over these children's backs and make sure that they walk around barefoot in a sludge of toxic mire while they pull that cobalt out of the ground to be put in your iPhone and your electric car to help your lithium battery recharge itself not to mention the fact that we don't have any way to actually dispose of these things when they actually exist to the end of their lifespan. So you see, your electric car is evil. And when confronted with that, in the White House, Chief Executive Liar, Karine Jean-Pierre, what to say? There was a report last week about how Ford's F-150 Lightning, their electric EV truck, is contributing to high pollution and deforestation in the Amazon. Does President Biden regret endorsing that truck back in 2021? Does anyone talk to Ford about how they should source uh, aluminum for the frame from a different mine? Uh, no, does, do not regret that and uh, don't have any uh, conversation to bring yeah. at this time. No, no, we have our blinders on. We don't really care what it does to the environment in another country. We only care about being able to score political points with dumbass college students here in America that only care about climate change and gender studies. So we don't really care. <laughs> so if you're driving an electric car, 
Your car is evil. Now, I'm not judging you. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I'm not judging. I'm totally not judging you. I got a lot of friends that own Teslas. They're cool cars. I love them. I might buy one if I get some extra cash. I'm not judging you. All I'm saying is stop judging me and my lifted truck, okay? Stop judging me. I, I, I think about that the next time you're, you you see one of these little lefties riding around with a little Biden and Obama sticker on the back of their Tesla, and they're riding around with their little mask on, going slow in the left-hand lane because they don't want to use up all their batteries so they can make it back to Boulder so they go dumpster diving tonight. Think about that when you see them. Ha-ha! <laughs> you're not better than me, and you're too stupid to realize it. Now, I'm not judging. Like I said, I'm not judging. I am judging if you drive a Subaru because a peer-reviewed study came out yesterday, and I posted this on Twitter. Let me make sure I got the numbers exactly right because I want to. I'm invested in the truth here. I am not interested in lying to you. Here it is: peer-reviewed study released 87.456 percent of Subaru drivers, or 99.975 percent of Subaru drivers in Boulder, Colorado, wake up every morning and ask themselves the question. What can I do to slow other drivers down today? Hashtag follow the science. Uh, that's a new peer-reviewed study that came out. It was authored by... <clears throat> um, but I'm just, No, no, it's a peer-reviewed study. Because, because my peer, <clears throat> be large, actually reviewed the study. So we know that it's a real thing. You, I'm judging, if you're driving the Subaru. Yes, you, I'm judging. No, no, I, I want to point out, this. there's an interesting part of this soundbite that's actually... It drives to the heart of a lot of leftist ideology. There was a report last week about how Ford's F-150 Lightning, their electric EV truck, is contributing to high pollution and deforestation in the Amazon. Does President Biden regret endorsing that truck back in 2021? Has anyone talked to Ford about how they should source uh, aluminum for the frame from a different mine? Okay, so this this is an interesting, because I don't know what the political bent of this uh, reporter is, probably to the left. And and the way I assume that is is by the framing of their question. It's it's kind of a got you question, but it's not really. Because what they're interested in getting to is they want to force Ford to source a very expensive material from someplace even more expensive without any regard to what that cost will be passed on to the consumer. You see, this is the crazy little loop. A crazy little circular firing squad that the left gets involved in on a regular basis, right? They want affordable housing, so they lock in rents. That's what our state legislature is trying to do right now. They want affordable housing, so they lock in rents. All that does is raise rent or lower the availability of housing because you can't tell property owners what to do with their property, right? So they're trying to do like socialism light. And it's causing more problems than it's solving. And as a matter of fact, it's exacerbating the problems they're trying to solve. Right. Like we want to solve homelessness. So we spend almost a billion dollars a year on homelessness in Colorado, in Denver, and it doesn't go away. It gets worse. Why? Because we're spending money. on We're throwing money at it. We're not actually doing something about it. We're spending money on it, which attracts the homeless to the city because they know we won't tell them to go anywhere. So they spend your tax dollars to solve problems, but they make those problems worse. And this is a perfect example of it. Shouldn't you tell them to source it somewhere else? Yeah, like where, you nincompoop? Because it's probably cheapest from theirs. I have a feeling Ford's been making cars for a long time. And since Henry Ford perfected the assembly line, which was basically his whole bent was, I'm going to do these efficiently so that they actually cost less so that the average person can buy one. Because he saw the market. He foresaw the market. He was like, boy, if we could build these cars faster, 
we'd be able to sell a lot more of them because we could get them cheaper, and then the average person could afford them, and we'd buy a, they'd buy a whole bunch of them. And he was right. So I'm pretty sure Ford's tapped into the whole supply chain and what's the cheapest way to get what they need. So if the government's going to come along and say to Ford, hey, you know, it's great that you let Mr. B uh, drive the big EV Lightning, and it's really cool and all, but we need you to get that aluminum somewhere else. And Ford's like, well, that's going to be twice as expensive. That's fine. We'll subsidize it. I'd hate for something to happen to your company with an FEC violation. And Ford's like, oh, okay, cool. And then you end up paying twice for the electric vehicle. Electric vehicles are evil. I'm just pointing that out. But it ties to the next conversation. We'll get to homelessness in a second, I promise. you got to follow the rabbit trails. If you're going to listen to me, you got to follow the rabbit trails. Suck it up, buttercup. Okay, so Nina Turner is a former Ohio State senator. A former educator at Ohio State University, she works for a leftist think tank. I actually kind of like the the lady because I respect her, I'll say. I don't necessarily say I like her, but I respect her because she's a stalwart supporter of free speech, but she's really wrong on leftist politics. And she posts these things that are just patently stupid a lot on Twitter. And every now and then I'm like, I want to respond to that. But yesterday I finally did because I retweeted one of her tweets. And what she said was, the term unskilled labor is used to justify poverty wages. It's BS. And what I love about this is, like, all the lefties commenting, like, yeah, it's so true. Oh, my God. It's so true. Low-skilled wages. So the term unskilled labor is used to justify poverty wages. It's BS. This is correlation, not causation, right? We have a correlation here, and she is extrapolating a causation. In other words... The correlation is that, yes, when you have low skills, you work jobs because the only ones available to you are jobs that don't pay a whole lot of money. So there's correlation there. Oh, interesting. The people making poor wages are all the ones doing the low-skill jobs, right? But there's not causation there because the causation is if you don't have other skills, you don't have those marketable skills. You can't actually make more money. So I, I retweeted it, and I said, no, it's a term for labor which requires little to no skills, Period. If you want to make more money, get more valuable skills. Anyone can do this. Anyone. It's a simple formula, and it's the bedrock for success across the board. Let me give you an example. How many of you listening to me right now on 630 KHOW could tomorrow start a job at McDonald's flipping burgers and be successful at it? Everybody raised their hand, didn't you? Every single one of you. There's not a single, no matter, there, there's dumb people in the audience, there's extremely smart people in the audience, and there's a whole lot of people in the middle. Very few dumb people, a lot of really smart people, and a bunch of people in the middle. Every single one of you raised your hand, and every single one of you were right. You can all go to McDonald's tomorrow, you can start making 15 bucks an hour, and you can flip a burger, and you will be successful. Now, it doesn't mean you, you will successfully be able to do the job. It doesn't mean you'll do good at the job. You may be lazy. And you may not flip the burger on time, leading to burnt burgers, leading to you getting fired. Because nobody wants a burnt McDonald's burger. But as a matter of fact, you can, in fact, you do, in fact, possess the skill to flip the burger at the right time. It's not hard. It's not hard. Now, raise your hand if, it, it, same as everybody else in the, everybody in the audience, everybody in the audience, raise your hand if tomorrow you could go in and start the job as neuroscientist. Okay, we have a lot fewer people raising their hands right now. And you're probably driving a really expensive plaid Tesla that is in autopilot. That's my point. Now, the neuroscientist does things that are highly important to society and the advancement of humankind and thus very valuable. But they also require an enormous amount of skill and education to do. 
they are not one and the same with flipping the burger. Now, this is not to devalue labor itself. This is what the left gets involved in. Like Her thinking here is that by paying people a small wage for a low-skill job, we're devaluing the person. We are not. We are not. This is basically how the economy works. Every single person in America can better their skills. Doesn't matter how dumb you are, doesn't matter how smart you are. Every single person at whatever age you are can better your skills and thus become more valuable to your employer or find another employer that you are more valuable to than the current one is treating you. You can. Everybody, everybody within the sound of my voice can make more money tomorrow if they work a little bit harder, if they learn a new skill. They can all do it. Everybody can do it. You can do it. It's a fact of humanity. Even the dumbest people can still get a little bit smarter and a little bit more knowledge and earn a little bit more money. This is how this works. It's basic economics 101. But there's another factor that Nina Turner is forgetting here. And the factor is that low-skill jobs are meant to gain skills. Basics. Get into the workforce and work your way up. They're designed for young people. They're designed for young people who have not learned the work skills yet, like showing up on time and maybe a few minutes early, like putting your all into the job, like bringing a little innovation and efficiency to the process, like doing good customer service and building good relationships with the people, like leading people as you work your way up to becoming a shift manager and then an assistant manager and then a general manager and so on and so forth. These are That's what those are for. It's a ramp. What my good friends on the left, while well-intentioned, are stupidly asserting, not that they're stupid, but that they're stupidly asserting, they're doing something stupid, not being stupid, they're doing something stupid, is to assert that you should be able to finish high school, finish college, walk into the working world, and without any prior skill sets other than just what you came out of college with, suddenly be on par with the most accomplished, most experienced, most valuable skill set that is out there. This is where equity leads, by the way. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. If we have people, because it is true, if you work full-time at McDonald's flipping burgers and you're 40, you probably made a couple of mistakes along the way. And I'm not devaluing you or I'm not devaluing your work. The work is valuable. All work, all human work is valuable. All human work is important. But I'm saying you probably made a couple of mistakes along the way. Evaluate your decisions. You can do better. And you are meant to. And it is what we want people to do. So in other words, the left is very stuck in this equity thing where it's like, oh, well, let's just have everybody at this low basic level so nobody's healing feelings are hurt. The conservative or the libertarian or the person like me who thinks about liberty all the time, what I want for everybody is the opportunity to do better. Because wouldn't you want to achieve more if you knew that you could and you absolutely can? Why aren't we spending all of our time encouraging that? That brings us to the homeless issue, which I'll talk about next, because there is a way and it's being done. And I think we can fix this, at least for most. 630K How, Denver's talk station. To more Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630K How, Denver's talk station. 
right. We have texts about flipping burgers at McDonald's, Subarus, uh, cobalt mines, and golf carts. We'll get to all of those here in just a second. You see, this is the kind of thing that drives me batty. Uh, if you're wondering, like, what difference does it make that Bouch is going to get away with gain-of-function research and creating the virus that threw the world into tumult for three years? What difference does it make? This is why this matters to you. Headline, CNN. Scientists have revived a zombie virus that was that spent 48,500 years frozen in permafrost. Uh, warmer temperatures in the Arctic are thawing the region's permafrost, a frozen layer of soil beneath the ground, potentially stirring viruses that are lying dormant for tens of thousands of years, could endanger animal and human health. So in order to prove that climate change is happening, because this was frozen for 48,500 years, and of course my stupid mind immediately goes, well, what made it warmer 48,500 years ago? But our scientists go and say, hey, let's revive the zombie virus and see what it does to people. What? That's why it matters that the Fouch got away with that. All right, text. Text the show directly, 57739. 57739, text Leland to 57739. Uh, we'll start with McDonald's uh, flipping burgers. Uh, 2100 says, uh, Leland, I grew up in Boulder, and I worked at a McDonald's three nights a week because it was all I could stand. But I'm very successful despite no college degree, only a vocational degree, working hard all my life, and I'm retiring comfortably in June. God bless you. That is the American dream. That's awesome. I love that. I, I was there's uh I don't know if you've ever read it's classic, uh Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's it's worth if you haven't read it, read it. Uh or at least listen to it on tape. Um I'm trying to forget I forget the guy's name. Anyway, um he talks about, you know, investing and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that he the concepts that he talked about in that book that really made a lot of sense to me was if you it's not so much about in order to start a business or start something, it's not so much about cutting costs overall, like our good friend Dave Ramsey likes to say, eat beans and rice. That's not necessarily always necessary. Really, think about how you could go out and get an extra 150 bucks a month. When I, I read the book years ago, but when I first read that, it really struck me as very interesting. I was like, I could do that, right? I could, I could figure out how to earn an additional 150 bucks a month. So I started doing that, and it compounded. It's pretty amazing, right? It's not hard. And I did that by just simply thinking, what skill do I have? What do I have that I could sell? What do I have that I could do that I could earn that from? What hour do I have that I could pick up that extra money and by doing something that no one else wants to do? These were the thoughts that ran through my head. And the more creative I got, the more money that time was worth. Start out, it's just 150 bucks. It's not that much money. But when you, when you find that it's worth 350 or 600 or 1000 so it starts really becoming real money. And the more creative you got, the more you thought, the more creative you got, the more you were able to make in a small amount of time. Guys, that's just, that's skill. That's just knowledge. That's all it is. And anybody can do it. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. I'm like, the people that sit around and complain, they should make, they're making 15 bucks an hour. It's devouring their personhood. We should pay them 25. No, no, we should empower them. I want every McDonald's worker to be empowered to no longer be a worker at McDonald's, but to be the owner. Isn't that what we're supposed to be achieving? Leland, no driver of a Subaru WRX STI has been accused of driving slow. Okay, I understand, but the peer-reviewed study said what? 87%. That means there's 13% of Subaru drivers that are not the problem. Uh, 3407, I drive a Subaru for work and personal. I drive a little bit over the speed limit, not in the left lane, so don't judge me. I'm not judging you. You're in the 13%. Leland, I own a co-fired golf cart. Are they considered evil as well? Have a great day. Turd Ferguson. I love that Turd always signs his texts. <laughs> yes, it's evil. Why do you even have to ask? 
Um, a story told to me by my father, says Copernicus. A huge, very expensive ship wasn't working. It called in the guy who could fix it. He went down to the bowels of the ship, spent hours inspecting things, and he took a small hammer and tapped on a spot a few times. The ship's engine started running. He sent a bill to the owner for ten grand. The owner came back with, you only spent one minute tapping on something. Why should I pay you $10,000? Our guy responded with, you're not paying me for my actions. You're paying me for my knowledge. So there you go. All right, so let's go on to homelessness. Um, the Gazette had an interesting piece uh, about the hope. Hold on a second. I'm trying to type in here so I can actually get to it. Yeah, all right. Uh, about the hope of homelessness in Denver. What they did, the uh, co- the Common Sense Institute, love the name of that organization, did a study. And what they found was Colorado Springs, where I live, is not having the same problem with homelessness that Denver has. In fact, it's getting better in the springs, or at least it's staying stable. We're not growing the po- homeless population. And they were trying to figure out, like, why? Because Denver spends $600 million and counting a year on homelessness and they're not getting anywhere it's pathetic whenever people come to visit us we try to get them through denver as quickly as possible because all they see are the tent cities on all of the exit ramps and they're like what the hell is happening here it's sad because denver was once a really great city and it's become a cesspool and what's funny i saw a story we'll try to talk about this tomorrow because i really want I, i really want to talk about this angle on it but small business owners have had to revert to hiring security which is a huge additional cost to those business owners in order to protect their businesses because Denver isn't doing anything about crime. And so we get a lot of people talking about it, but we don't have any action on it. Everything is really just geared towards protecting the criminal, helping the criminal, uh, protecting the homeless, helping the homeless, getting them out, of, but not getting them out of homelessness, keeping them where they are, but just keeping to feed the beast, so to speak. What they found was that... Um, Springs Rescue Mission in Colorado Springs has this really cool thing, and Aurora is getting ready to start doing it as well. Um, They have a large homeless shelter. The expansion uh, turned the city into a secure, turned the facility into a secure 14 acre campus offering wide ranging services to the homeless. Its shelter grew capacity from 37 people to 450. This report from the Common Sense Institute notes that other Colorado cities, particularly Aurora, are looking at the Colorado Springs model of a one-stop campus that can connect homeless people with an assortment of services such as addiction counseling, mental health care, and employment. The city's experience offers evidence that local policy innovators, good governance, and strong public-private partnerships can lead to improved outcomes. Um, Now, this is I've talked about this before. Albuquerque did an interesting and innovative thing where the mayor at the time who was a Republican, was tired of panhandlers, so he went to a private Christian organization. He said, hey, can you guys donate some vans that we could use to go around and pick up panhandlers that want to work? We're going to hire them with the city. They're going to work on days. They're going to be day workers. They're going to clean up graffiti, clean up trash, beautify the city, do some odds and ends, low-skill labor. We're going to pay them like 10 15 bucks an hour. We're going to give them a hot lunch, then we're going to drop them off at the shelter when they're done. 10% of the panhandlers took them up on the offer. And then got out of the homelessness. Ended up getting a job, going on to be productive. That's only 10%. It's only 1 in 10, but that's 10% who became productive citizens. And it was a public-private partnership. The Colorado Springs story really kind of builds on that in a bigger and broader and more awesome way. But my question to you is this, and this is the whole reason why I wanted to talk about this. So as a taxpayer in the city of Denver, $600 million a year on homelessness. Is that okay with you based on the results? Because I, I want to I, – I, this is, again, I want to – 
at some point we have to hold our leaders accountable, right? Like we have we have the school system that's like, we need to pay teachers more. We need to pay teachers more. Oh, my God, teachers are such heroes. And then we look at the results of our school systems in Denver and we go, uh, if you're such a hero, why are 60% of kids not able to read at, at grade level? Well, that's not my fault. Okay. So then you're not a hero. I mean, it's great. It's not your fault, but you're also not a hero because a hero does things whether they're their fault or not, right? Whether they get the credit or not. That's what makes a hero. So if you're saying that there's no way you can get kids to read at basic grade level, you can't also claim to be a hero. Individual teachers, some of them are heroes, but not all of them. I'm, I'm, I'm refusing to accept this stupid diatribe that we have to bow down at the feet of every teacher. As if every teacher, without any questions regarding qualifications, is somehow the hero of the world. Yeah, at one time, teachers were huge impacts on kids' lives. But now, I don't know that you could argue that they're huge positive impacts. Some are, but not all of them. You can't say as a group they are largely benefiting our kids when you look at the results. So I would ask you this as a taxpayer in the city of Denver, $600 million a year is a lot of money. Think of what that could do for other types of infrastructure that are obviously being neglected. Potholes! In the city of Denver, what could that do for other parts of our safety and public safety and police? I mean, um, crime prevention. I mean, what could possibly that $600 million do if it's just going down a hole and homelessness isn't getting any better? Look around the city. Think about $600 million and look at all the tent cities under the bridges and on the exit ramps. And ask yourself, is that money well spent? Because I'm not seeing the results. So it's time to think outside the box. And I don't know, we're talking to some of the mayor's candidates, and I mean, are any of them serious about this? To the point that they would say, all right, here's the deal. Because what happens, I actually saw this happening the other day with my own eyes. I was driving through Colorado Springs. I saw the police arresting a homeless man in a me- median panhandling. You have a choice in Colorado Springs. When the police come up, they're going to say, all right, you can go to the shelter. We'll keep all your stuff. We'll put it all in the back of the car. We'll take it to a locker. You can go to the shelter. And you'll be good, but you're off the street. Now, if you choose not to go to the shelter, we're taking you to the jail cell, and all your crap's going to get thrown away. Which do you want to do? That's what was happening in that moment. And I'm like, that is what I pay my taxes for, okay? Because that's one guy not in the median that might get hit by a car or get found dead tomorrow because he was shooting up in the median, right? Or froze to death under the bridge tonight. Because I care about that guy. I really do. But there's only so many of his bad choices that I, as a taxpayer, am responsible for, right? I mean, do you agree with me on that? There's only so many bad choices that people make that you as a res- – I, I, we all have hearts. I think everybody has hearts. I think especially if you listen to K-How, you're probably a pretty decent person, and you probably have a heart, left or right. I don't care what politics you have. I'm just saying we're probably pretty good people. We try to educate ourselves. As a good-hearted person, is there not a limit at which point you say, okay, look, you've made these bad decisions over and over and over and over again, and I am now no longer responsible for what happens to you? So what I'm asking is, and I would love to hear this, and we'll talk to some more mayoral candidates, and I think I'm going to start asking every single one of them this question. Would you institute a facility like the Springs Mission, the Springs Homeless Mission? Because I want to know, if you're going to take that $600 million from the taxpayers of Denver, and you're not going to use it to fix the potholes, and you're not going to use it to hire good police officers and train them and back them up, and you're not going to use it for the schools in a way that actually gets us results— results, right, then I at least want to see, are you going to do something about this other big problem that we have that is festering? I can't tell you how many small business owners in Denver I've talked to that have a story about a half-naked homeless guy or gal chasing them down the street with a machete. 
I mean, you laugh, but it actually happens, like multiple times. It happens. So at what point are we going to take on something like this that says, all right, you come in, you got to get clean. Because this is the European model, right? Like, we're going to do these shoot-up places here because we think we're following the European model, but that's not the European model. If we just do the shoot-up places and we don't have the other programs that are part of that, it doesn't do any good, right? I mean, as a libertarian, I'm not necessarily interested in throwing people in jail for taking drugs because you do what you do, live your life, you're going to make bad decisions. I'm not responsible for them. But the real European model gets people off the street and it gets them into rehab. And that's what really needs to happen. These people need to be gotten off of the drugs, forcibly or not, and they need to clean up their act, and they need to get back into being productive citizens. It should not be considered. It's, it's, there's a whole. There's. A, I actually read an article about this. Millennials and zillennials that were choosing the homeless life because they thought it was like hip and cool. It's like the ultimate hipster thing to do is to like buy an old Winnebago and drive around poor. Like <laughs> that's a great American dream. I love that. Okay, that needs to not be a choice in American society. That needs to be looked down upon, shamed, and ridiculously laughed at. Okay, you're an idiot. You're a well. Uh, you are, you're an able-bodied person and you bought an old Winnebago and you're just going to drive around and be a bum. That should be shamed in our society. And we don't do that anymore. That's part of the, that's part of the matrix, right? We have to shame those kinds of decisions. Stop making bad decisions, do the right thing and get rewarded for it. Now, here's a path. That's what a caring, meaningful society that takes $600 million and applies it to something that would actually fit benefit all of us because $600 million is a lot of tax money, but is it really benefiting all of us if we're all paying it? If we're all paying the $600 million, what if we all got a common benefit out of it? And that is that these people cleaned themselves up, got off the streets, stopped putting tent cities all over the place, and started going to work and became citizens that were productive and had better lives for themselves. Isn't that a win, 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 win? And shouldn't that be what our goal is? Instead of just lose, lose, maybe half win? And the half win is just the executives that work for the city that make all that money and it doesn't actually get to the homeless people? Food for thought. I'm Leland Conway, 630 KHOW, Denver's Talk Station. All right, text the show directly, 57739-57739-9392 says, Leland, there's absolutely no reason to shame such people. Oh? Shame isn't a good tool? For people who choose willingly, knowingly to live the life of a bum and then take from the taxpayers? Hell yeah, we're going to shame them. That's not shaming people that are addicted. That's not shaming people who are caught in that cycle. That's not shaming people who fell on hard times. I'm talking about the society that's developed of young people who think it's cool and hip to be homeless. Yeah, well, we're going to shame them. Um, 9392 also says, I'm sorry, but I must disagree with your latest rant about, quote, hippies buying an RV and traveling around the country. Um, my son and some friends did that after high school and they scraped some money together. They got some odd jobs here and there, but that was a great, hold on a second. Hold on, 9392. You're not, you're completely misunderstanding my discussion. Buying an old Winnebago and driving around the country doing odd jobs is not living homeless and taking money from the taxpayers. So you completely misunderstood my rant. Go back and listen again. And maybe you'll uh, think, check it. Because that would actually be a fun experience. Hell yeah, it would be cool. All right, I got a lot more text we'll get to tomorrow. Plus, James Rosen joins us on the show tomorrow. Lots of fun. I'm Leland Conway, 630 KHOW, Denver's Talk Station.